1: this exact time, for about an hour, every weekday afternoon, to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, and so we pray that as you read your Bible, you come across something you don't understand, we'll try to give you the best biblical answer we can. You know, so many ideas, and even in different denominations and cults, are based upon a thought based upon part of a verse, or a couple of verses, but what does the Bible say about the rest of that thought? Well, sometimes, cleverly, they leave that out to bring you to the wrong conclusion. As I've always told everybody, what you believe is how you live your life. If you believe wrong, you're going to live wrong. And so we want to be about our Father's business. Jesus said this, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not just the ones my particular church denomination like. And this is one of the great problems and one of the great benefits. As you study the Bible, as you study precept upon precept, line upon line, you understand what the Bible is saying about that topic. Well, unfortunately, many of these topics do not agree with church dogma, your, your, your church's um, um, golden rules, if you will. But that doesn't mean that the Bible is wrong. And unfortunately, we find oftentimes, many times, where they take a verse out of context or several and build a whole theology upon it. And this is what I believe leads people down a bunny trail. People say, well, yeah, the, the Bible is so hard to understand. Is it really? Is it really hard to understand? Jesus said, except a man become as a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. How can then it be hard? Well, it's hard when you try to twist it to make it say something that it doesn't say. Things that are obvious in the Bible, well, that obviously doesn't mean what it means. Well, then what obviously doesn't mean that? See, and this is where we get into all the problems, I think, with so much of the theatrics of religion. And so, again, looking at the entirety of God's Word, I always encourage everybody, find a church that teaches from Genesis to Revelation. Because again, if people are selectively going through, well, we don't understand how the book of Revelation got in the Bible. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, you know, seven heads and 10 horns. And so we just figured that John was out of his mind when he got that vision. And so we don't teach out of it. I would leave a church over that because you have a man telling you that the word of God is not believable. And so again, we have to be very careful where we go to church, what we believe, who we associate with, because all of these things influence the way we view God. So I just want to encourage you, be about your father's business, and again, read your Bible every day, so important in these days we live in. And so if you got a question, our number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. Joining me today, special guest, Greg Block from Rapid City, South Dakota, Calvary Chapel. Hi and welcome, Greg.
0: Hey Pastor Mike, what a privilege it is to be on with you again today and uh, chat it up with the listeners and answer some questions from the Bible. Uh about the bible and any questions that you have that uh that uh, you just don't know people are saying some crazy stuff on sunday mornings and wednesday nights these oh, days man. and and you got to be a Berean right we're commanded in acts uh, acts 17:11 be a Berean you've got to I tell people all the time I said it again in our bible study last night fact check me fact check every Everybody. bible teacher mm-hmm. Yep. Every Bible teacher that you listen to and make sure that we are filtering everything through the Word of God. You know, I'm uh uh I'm getting ready to do uh my third week of a prophecy update this Sunday. I'm gonna be talking uh primarily this week. Uh well in the first week talked about uh Israel and the massive increase of anti-Semitism, and then last week spent the whole morning talking about AI and why Christians should be uh should be knowing what is going on when it comes to artificial intelligence. Uh, And uh, this week, I'm going to hone in a little bit on the New World Order. And I was reading uh, about uh, uh, what happened in Davos earlier this year when they had their World Economic Forum meeting. And that's where they came out and they coined this new phrase, polycrisis. Have you heard that? Poly crisis, Mike. Yeah. Poly crisis. And they're, and what they're saying, they're saying the same kind of stuff that we have been saying for years, that there is this convergence of events that are all happening at the same time. You know, there's a climate crisis, there's a food crisis, there's a economic uh, crisis, a a world, yeah, world unity crisis. There's a, a UFO crisis. There's a digital banking crisis. And if, if we don't all move towards this global new world order right away, the planet is doomed. And it was titled, the, the theme of their conference was titled, uh, cooperation in a fragmented world. And I'm just thinking what what a perfect time for a man with a grand plan for a, a new world order and it's one world government, one world economy, one world currency, one world religion, one world leader. Just a just to pop on the scene. Think of, I hope it's OK to take a second and talk about this. Mike, what what are some things that people uh, only as prophecy buffs were talking about five years ago? What what are some things?
1: So you can oh, think well of. well on a couple of uh, they have a couple of TV stations now that just dedicated uh to alien intervention uh <laughs> though it's all about aliens uh you have uh, of course the the climate change people out there you've got uh you've got AI and AI I think everyone is serious because I think it's going to replace many many people and their jobs in the days to come. In fact, Elon Musk said that he does fear AI because he said that it can it can actually begin to build itself. And he said this to me, he said he, w- he was concerned about this, and if anybody would know about the dangers of misusing, you know, high-tech technology that we find globally right now, I think he's one of the ones that would certainly understand it and and kind enough to warn us that these are things that we need to be concerned of and i believe this is one of the reasons why jesus talked about the perplexity among nations that means problems with no way out yesterday i talked about the world's total global debt 97 trillion dollars that's the world's that that adds in everything from from uganda to to china to america russia 97 trillion dollars. But here's what causes the fear is that most of it, almost half is the United States debt. And friends, this is unsustainable. Again, when we keep sending billions of dollars to the Ukraine to fight communist Russia, and yet in our own Congress and in our own avowed senators that admit they're socialist communists. Um, we, we spend billions of dollars to fight them across the sea, and we welcome them into the White House and into our Congress. Friends, something is really wrong here. Because we are going broke, fighting Russia, and yet we are welcoming them into our daily lives, making our laws, taking away our freedoms. Now, the next thing they're going to do, and I'll tell you right now, they're going to go after the Second Amendment because of what they're going to do to all of us as Americans, and we're not going to like it. So they're going to come along in the name of law and order and, and um, safety and try to take away your guns. Listen, the Democratic Party doesn't care at all about law and order. They don't care about crime Look at our southern border. Look at the fentanyl pouring across. Look at the Democratic cities in the United States. New York, Chicago, um, Los Angeles, all ran by Democrats. It's unsafe to walk down any of those streets at night. So, no, they don't care about it. They appoint liberal judges that these cops risk their lives to bring the criminals in, and the judges appointed by Democrats let them go. Well, how many cops do you think good cops are you going to keep by that? I'm risking my life for nothing. And so when we understand they don't care about crime, they are this is exactly what Hitler did in the Second World War, right before the Second World War. He created a crisis. And we need to be very much aware of what's really going on. We're finding more and more of this kangaroo court. Hunter Biden, right now, contempt of Congress. He was supposed to show up for an interview, for a hearing. He blew it off. Now, FBI, are you going to arrest him like you arrest everybody else that's a Republican for not doing this? No, you're not going to do that because we now have a military state. It's, it's, it's where if you're one political party, you get arrested. If you're another political party committing heinous crimes, bribery, Contempt to court, whatever it is, nothing happens to them. So yeah, when people say, are we on the edge of something new? I believe we are. It is interesting, the world, the, uh, the uh, uh, United Nations have their 2030 homogenization of the nations scheduled. Now that's only about six years away, friends. And so this is their idea that this is what they're racing for. You've got to collapse America within the next six years. So bleed it dry. Again, the world debt, we have almost half of it, unsustainable. What's going to happen to us? Well, hey, listen, I believe, and it's the only hope that I see, Lord Jesus, as John said in Revelation 22, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And I I really believe that we need to work for the night is coming. We need to be about our Father's business. And uh, I just want to encourage you uh, very quickly, um, and we're going to go to the phones. We, uh, we launched 10 new stations um, in the last month. We've added about a half a million potential listeners here to CSN. And I'm just going to go down them. So you may have friends, relatives uh, living in these areas. And we s- certainly want to hear from any of our new listeners in these areas, we got a special gift for you. Uh, and I'll just read them very quickly. Elmira, New York, 88.9. Kenneke, Illinois, 90.3. Pontiac, Illinois, 89.5. Quincy, Illinois, 89.7. Terre Haute, Indiana, 91.3. Okito, Kansas, 88.7. Franklin, Nebraska, 90.1. Grand Island, Nebraska, 89.5, and Meridian, Mississippi at 88.7. And we just want to welcome all of you to the CSN family. Looking forward to hearing from you in these days that we live in. You know, we all gather together. We can do a lot. You stand alone by yourself, man, it's, it's a weak place to be. Being about our daddy's business, we're his body, we're his bride, and we need to act like it. So again, I just want to encourage you, work for the night's coming, because again, this is what Jesus told us to do let's go ahead and go to the phones 8888 ask csn is the number to call we have john on the line in oregon hi and welcome
2: hi how are you doing
1: good how may we help
2: yeah i had had a question also um i called in with my praise report because i had a tumor removed from my skull and everything went according to plan we prayed before we left the first baptist church that it wouldn't be attached it wasn't yes. attached They didn't even have to dig it out. Um, And one of the questions I had, too, was the one where the um, Antichrist would not come back until the temple was rebuilt.
1: No, I don't believe that. In fact, I believe it's because of the Antichrist the temple is rebuilt. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9 that there's a treaty. um, He, speaking of the Antichrist, shall sign a treaty with Israel for for one week, which is seven years uh, in that whole biblical scenario there. And in that treaty is what actually begins the tribulation period. It's not the rapture of the church or the collapse of America. Uh, it, 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 the Bible tells us it's where this man befriends Israel, signs a treaty with them, and they're, I believe, allowed to build this third temple that we find recorded for us in Revelation chapter 11, complete with measurements. It's amazing. So when we find this, and he said, do not measure the outer court, and these are the weird words. It says it has been given to the Gentiles. Now, what is unusual about that is it may be in this treaty. He gives, the Antichrist gives the Dome of the Rock mosque in that area there uh, to the Arabs, uh, to the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the Muslims. and But at the same time on that 11 to 15 acres of trees and sidewalks to the north and the east of the Dome of the Rock Mosque, the Antichrist signs this treaty allowing Israel to build their third temple. Now, the Bible tells us the Antichrist goes into the temple, which is at the abomination which makes desolate three and a half years into the tribulation, and there he declares to the world that he is God and must be worshipped as God. Now, you got to remember, he created a religious system, a chryslam, a coexist, to unite the world's faiths, And then he scraps it and tells everybody he must be worshipped. Well, what is interesting, what is the Antichrist doing in the temple in Jerusalem three and a half years into the tribulation period? It's kind of a weird question, I think very much could be the temple dedication. And again, we know that it's not being built yet. It won't be built until the Antichrist, I believe, gives that permission to be built. When you look at the Old Testament, how much of Jewish life surrounded the temple? And even in the time of Jesus, it surrounded the temple. There is no temple in Israel today. And so I believe it may very well be possible that upon the building's dedication— which would then put the Antichrist, a picture of himself or he himself, there in the temple, but there is where he makes this declaration that he is God. Now, it might have been part of his plan all along uh, when he gave Israel the permission to build the temple. Um, But the Bible, Jesus said, don't even go back in to get your coat uh, because uh, sudden destruction will be there. And he says, don't even go back in your house, up till just... You know, 100 years ago, 70 years ago, um, uh, it took days, weeks, months to conquer a city. But now with surface-to-air missiles, missiles launched from uh, aircraft, uh, these kinds of things, uh, you can't run fast enough. And I don't believe the Antichrist, when he declares that he's God to the world and must be worshipped, Israel, he knows, is going to reject that. And because of that, He's fully prepared for swift retaliation upon the nation of Israel for their disobedience. Here I befriended you. I allowed you to build your temple. And now you've turned on me. And um, he's not going to be a laughingstock to the world. He'll bring swift retaliation against Israel. And I believe that's where the uh, retaliation comes from. Because Jesus said, don't even go back in your house to get your coat. Uh, And um, so, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I... uh... You know, I was in, I was in, you was were there. Israel. Yeah. I was in Israel on October 7th when all of that went down. And actually I was in Jerusalem and, uh, just the day before I had been, uh, uh, actually the night, the night before I had never seen the hotel. I had never seen the, uh, the plaza. Uh, right underneath the uh, Western wide, never seen it that full of people. And, and there's a portion of, of those people, the Orthodox Jews, some of the Hasidic Jews, they are clamoring. They are clamoring for this, for this third temple to be rebuilt, uh, along, uh, right there in the old city in the Jewish quarter. You can go to the Temple Institute and you can see that they already have all of the instruments ready to go. They've got the golden menorah. They've got the table of, of showbread. They've got the altar of incense. Even, even the spoons and the, and the, the, the small shovels to, to carry the ashes that are made out of, of bronze and silver and, and gold. All of that stuff is ready to go. And they are just waiting. They are just waiting for somebody to come along. One of the things that they believe. Falsely believe is that their Messiah will be the one who allows them to build the, uh, the third temple. And unfortunately, I think that many Jews, at least at first, are going to mistake this man who we know as the Antichrist to, uh, to, uh, they're going to mistake him as, uh, as believing that he is the Messiah when, when, when he's not, he doesn't have anything good uh in store for the Jews and we we don't always think we don't always think about this Mike that that this 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 one world religion that is coming you know they uh they have the 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 Abrahamic house now in in uh in Dubai where they have the the giant mosque and they have the giant uh uh orthodox church but without a cross because they won't let you have a cross in Saudi Arabia and in some of those middle east countries and a uh, and a giant synagogue but but they're thinking that there's going to be this one big happy family of world religion and the antichrist uses that and uses them until the midpoint of the tribulation and then he says oh, 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 no no it's not everybody is worshiping god in his own way like this will be in the uh, at the beginning of the tribulation period he says now everyone must Worship me is God. And he sets up an image of himself, exactly like you said, Mike, in, uh, in the temple. So to, uh, to answer John's question, no, the, 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 the temple doesn't have to be rebuilt before the Antichrist to come on the scene. I think he's on the scene right now. He's not just wearing his, his, uh, his badge yet that says, <laughs> hello, I am Antichrist. He's, uh, he's on the scene in the wings, just waiting for, uh, for uh, for the devil to open that door, what do you think, Mike?
1: Well, yeah, and remember, you know, we don't know when the rapture is, but the devil doesn't either, and so he always has his wingman in the shadows. Always remember wingman. That. Yeah. Hope that hope that answers it for you, John. Hmm. Johnny, there. Well, John, we might have we might have lost you. Uh, but I just want to say I am so grateful to God that uh, your tumor is gone. We have a God that yeah. heals, and he does that. I'm, I'm, I, I'd i like to say I'm always amazed when God healed, but I shouldn't because he does that regularly, and that's a good thing. Somebody asked Billy Graham one time, why, do, why, why does God heal some people and other people he takes home? And his exact words were, I don't know. And that's true. We, we don't always know why God does the things he does. But I know this, if you're a Christian, you're in God's hands, you're in the best hands in the world. And to live as Christ, die is gain. But John, I'm glad God uh, reached out to you, blessed you, and uh, healed you up and completely gone. Um, if you're there, John, stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. Merry Christmas to you. And what wonderful, wonderful uh, praise report you bring to us. God bless you. Let's go to Beryl, Texarkana, Arkansas. Hi hi and welcome. Hey, how you doing, Pastor Mike? Good. How may we help?
3: Oh, you already did. And you did it Sunday, this past Sunday when I heard over the radio uh, in your sermon that you had been to Texas and you was asking uh talking to the congregation about having seen the pastor with, with his toes out, and that just tickled me, and you went on to, to explain how you uh you had walked in your sandals all that week and what that cost you and then everything and then I got broke away from that program, and I got a chance to catch the evening. And that was so wonderful. You had the people, the guys from Israel, and yes. they you gave them the mic, and you let them have the floor, and they just told it like it was and all the wonderful things they got to do and learn down there in that wonderful place. And I've just been hearing so much about it since I've been listening to CSN, uh, CSN and at for the last year and a half, because I come down with cataracts over my glaucoma and I couldn't see, I mean, I didn't have a number of fuzz, 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 mm-hmm. but I, the Lord led me to your radio station. Wow. And I put I picked it up on one oh one point five coming out of Memphis out of uh, Tennessee somewhere. I'm thinking it's Memphis or maybe uh, I'm thinking it's Memphis 'cause I'm I'm closer to Memphis. I'm in Marianne, Arkansas. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, I listen to a program, program, different programs and different programs. And I fell in love with so many. Mm-hmm. of the people there and they had blessed my heart so and the guy that got me you know the the guy that picks up first and get all the information I forgot his name and we had a wonderful time and I told him about some of my situations and you know what I have been going through and and all and I I was laying up her son and I said Lord now it's time for me to call in to to every man's as is an answer. I listen to you guys as much as I can from four from five uh, from five to six.
1: Well, I'm so glad, Beryl, you do. And um, actually, I was in Hawaii, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I I was in flip-flops. I put my orthotics back in when I came back to the mainland, and <laughs> oh man, did my feet hurt! So I kept wearing my flip-flops even on Sunday morning even in Idaho in the winter. (laughs) Crazy. Coming up on a break, we'll have more right after this.
4: It all came down to the ultrasound, and I saw this little lima bean-looking thing with a halo.
0: When this mom came to a pre-born center, a baby wasn't really in her plans.
4: I got to hear the heartbeat, and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. After
0: hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her baby on ultrasound, this mom's plans changed.
4: My choice to become a mom, hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning, is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and
0: hers. When an expected mother meets her baby on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to choose life. Preborn's network of clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and have rescued over 270,000 babies. To learn how you can rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible.
5: If you are 65 or older, you know this, watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus, it's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian healthcare community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You choose any Medicare provider, and you get telehealth access anytime you need it. And this is great, too. Unlike health insurance, you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. So don't get stuck with increasing costs. Call MediShare 65 Plus and find out how much you can save. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833 90 share. Eight three three ninety share.
1: And we want to welcome you back to part two of Trevor Answer here on this Thursday afternoon. We have with us Greg Blanc from Calvary Chapel, Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, And uh, once again, we'll hope to see you in church on Sunday. Uh, we're going to be looking at Jesus, the baby that was born and the king that's coming again. We're going to be talking about that. So if you're in the southern Idaho area, I'd love to invite you to come to the River Christian Fellowship on your way out to Shoshone Falls as you leave Twin Falls, headed to the great majestic Shoshone Falls. We're right on the road to Shoshone Falls and so we'd love to see you here. Starts at 10 o'clock. If you're unable to attend in person, starts at 1030 on the radio. And love to join you uh, there as we study God's Word together. As we went to the break, we had Beryl on the line. And Beryl, do you have a question for us today?
3: No, I, I, you guys does a wonderful thing, uh, a job. Every time something comes to heart, someone to call in, and, and that will be the topic that I get a chance to listen to. But I just I just wanted to call in and let you guys know that I am a listener, and I just really 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 enjoy so much of your show, and I and I, I'm listening to it whenever I can. All all the radio stations, you know, all the space, uh, all the I, programs. I, I, okay, let me give you. I was thinking over the break, and I'm gonna give you a a good time when I first. Uh, you know, when I was getting familiar with the show. Remember when Pastor uh, Chuck Smith first passed away? Yes. I remember him waking me up a couple of times on on, on Fridays.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was, and, you know, sometimes I get up at one o'clock in the morning to get my wife off the dialysis. And I got a sleeping disorder. I don't automatically Go back to sleep, so I spent a whole lot of time walking around like I'm a zombie but today i I was really 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 blessed because we don't have a a a a a really busy week this week and my wife is seventy four years old she's dialysis patient and uh di- uh she you know uh diabetes high blood pressure And a host of other things, along with uh, pain, you know, tremendous pain that she deals with all the time. And today has been, this week has been the busiest week that we had in a long time. And, but today when I got home and got her taken care of and got her, you know, uh, comfortable and laid back for a nap and everything, I noticed I didn't feel so bad. And then when I heard you guys come on, I said, well, Lord, this is the day. This is the day I might not feel like this no more for a while. So I was, I took this opportunity to call in and, and let you know that you guys got someone here in Marianne, Arkansas, that's been listening. And so now you have an idea. Uh, I heard, past, I had got me rise with, with pastor chuck and then daryl skinner i was really i had really got a hold to him on saturdays and i was trying to locate him his you know daily uh, pro- uh program and i just found it this morning you know i think mm-hmm. it was 5 30 here on, on on this time yeah uh, a,
1: a chosen generation mm-hmm. said, That's... right
3: right right and you know i always say if i go to uh, I mean, I got a chance to go up to uh, Hawaii. That's where I was going to go and visit. I got so many churches in this in, in, on the CSN that I want to go and visit. Whenever the Lord, you know, see fit to make a way, and and I want to come to you especially because I want to see you in person and I want to talk to you in person.
1: Well, Beryl, God bless you, and and. um you know, we just want to pray for you and your wife. Uh, you know, when you have sick loved ones and especially, uh, you know, our spouses that need special care and, and take a lot of time, let's just pray for you and those that have that same situation. Lord, we just lift up um, Meryl to you and just ask you that you would give him, God, uh, that grace, that strength to take care of his sick wife, as well as those that are listening that say, yes, I have the same issue. And Lord, thank you for his heart his desire to encourage. And Lord, I just pray you bless him. Put your arms around him. Let him know that he's loved by you. And Jesus, thank you for that. He called today and just said, thank you. And Lord, may you just be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Meryl, stay in line? We'll send you out some uh, books, some DVDs. I want to say Merry Christmas to you and uh look forward to meeting you that's i've never heard anybody say hey i want my bucket list to be to go visit all the pastors on csn that that's pretty good daryl you know i i think that he he would like that too so um anyway well uh barrel stay on the line we'll get you taken care of our prayers are with you and um looking forward to seeing you here there or in the air god bless you let's go to travis dallas texas hi welcome
4: Hey, welcome, Pastor. Thanks for having me. How may Um, we help? uh, So my kind of question was uh, kind of twofold, I guess, Um, like knowing when to apply, what what promises apply to like me personally and how to know which ones are like universal or just for like an individual group of people.
1: Oh, I think that's a great question, Travis, because you have people today that say, all the promises that pertain to the nation of Israel now apply to the church. It's called replacement theology, and it's very, very bad theology, because God has his special promises for his people, and he's got promises for the church. Your thoughts, Greg?
0: Yeah, I would agree. You know, in uh, in 2 Timothy uh, 3, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction and instruction and in righteousness so that the man of God or the woman of God uh, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I think I think that all scripture is beneficial for Christians today, but not all promises like Pastor Mike said are uh, uh, are for the body of Christ. There are specific promises that God has made. There's a lot. He has a perpetual covenant with them regardless if if uh israel in totality at this point is in rebellion to him or not and it is dangerous it is dangerous for those that want to uh want to think that those promises um to israel are null and void just because of their disobedience because well what happens what happens to the church when when we're disobedient much of the church is disobedient to God today, does that mean that His promises are not yes and amen to us? So we have to we have to be cautious, isn't that right, Mike? Amen. So I I hope that
1: answers it for you.
4: Yeah, most definitely. If I if I could follow it up, it's just um I know we all fall short of the glory of God. Um, and I wake up every morning, and I do my best to choose to know and obey God's word. But I mean, ever since a young age, I always felt. I mean, even ro- reading Romans nine is just hard. You know, some are just Even though I feel like, I mean, I've accepted God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, I always feel like sometimes I was created for destruction, and I don't know if that's just the enemy trying to, you know, steal my joy, or if that's, I don't know. That's Um, the
1: enemy trying to steal your joy. You are created in the image of God. You are His beloved child. And um, what the Bible talks about those that are created for destruction is speaking of those, God knows all things. Uh, this is where a lot of people get this goofy idea that, well, some are predestinated to go to heaven, some are predestinated to go to hell. No, that's from, 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 uh, from God's perspective. He knows who will choose him, who doesn't. Those that don't are uh, designed for hell. What, what, how else can you say it? God doesn't learn. But just because God knows the future doesn't mean we do. And uh, just because God knows the future doesn't give any individual living on this planet Uh, limit them to either accept God and live for him or reject him. And this is where the mistakes come. Because again, everybody makes their own own decisions. And just because you can't fault God because he knows all things. People say the question, well, then why did God put us on this zoo we call living? Well, very clearly, it's not for God, it's for us. And you know, when I get to heaven someday, I'm going to realize why we went through the things we went through and why we chose him. It's so amazing that having never met Jesus Christ face-to-face, having never been to his kingdom, having never uh, uh, seen all of his splendor and glory, we as Christians still choose to serve him, just as, uh, just as Rebecca did when Abraham sent his servant out to find a bride for Isaac. That, that whole picture right there is the church and how God is dealing, looking for a bride for his son. And I believe it's the same thing that we find today. And uh, it's for our benefit. Uh, the Bible says we'll be known as we're known. We're not going to get to heaven and go, gee, I don't even know who I am, where am I? No, you're going to know everything. And so, uh, again, I think this is so important. And And once again, to go back to the promises, are they for Israel, for the church? We have to read the context. When we read the context, that'll tell you who it's for. And again, when we look at this, um, this idea of just pulling a verse out of context, building a theology upon it, which so many people do today, this is where the problems come from. And if we'll just look at the context. So it's been said one time, any, uh, any text out of context is a pretext for whatever you want to make it. Dangerous stuff. So Travis... Um, I hope that answers it for you.
4: Yeah, most definitely. Thank you all so much.
1: Stay online if you like. Send you out the movie Jesus, um, uh, God of Wonders, Time to Grow. Little package for you. Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Milko. Hey, Mike, uh, yeah, Mike g- could I mention one yes, more? Yes, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: One more. Yeah, hold on, Travis. One hold more. on. Okay. Hold on, pal. Hey, Travis, uh, as you were just sharing that, it, uh, number one, I just want to say thank you for being honest and personalizing yes. the scriptures to yourself. Yes. The first thing, you know, your first question was, you know, uh, you know, it was a, a little vague and a little, a little, uh a little broad, but you, that's just great when you feel comfortable enough to say, well, well, my real question is what about me? You know, I'm having some struggles and, and I just wanted to encourage you with this. We're all having struggles and, uh and you're talking about Romans nine, but, but just two chapters, I was thinking about this. Just two chapters before that in Romans seven, the Apostle Paul, you know, he's he's having the same struggle that you are, Travis, and I am, and Pastor Mike is. He says, "Oh wretched man, that uh, that I am." You know, who can deliver me? Isn't that what he says? Who can who can deliver me from this body of death? And here's our promise. This is what you need to hear, Travis. I thank God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then when with my mind, I myself serve the law of the Lord, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So just remember the promise that we have in first John five, where, uh, where the apostle says, um, I have written you these things who believe on the name of Jesus so that you may know that you have eternal life. You wouldn't be asking the question if, uh, if the Holy Spirit wasn't convicting you of of some of the things that are that are going on in your heart, so so hang in there, buddy. If there's stuff that you got to repent of, do that today, and then just just pedal to the metal for Jesus from here on out. Stay my... in line;
1: we'll get you taken care of. Travis, Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Milco, California. Hi, welcome.
3: Oh, hi. Yes, uh, this is Miko.
1: Yeah, Miko. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Hi. Yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, what would cause a person to die during the thousand year reign of Christ?
1: Great question, your thoughts Greg. Well, the person, uh, obviously
0: those that go in the, that survive the tribulation period, they will not have their resurrected bodies. They will go in uh, and their 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 children will have the uh, will not have resurrected bodies either. So I think that even though uh, normal physical life will be extended during that time, um, you know, you might live to a couple hundred years old, but, uh, but the physical body, the physical body will, uh, will wear out now, um, will there, will there be disease? will something, I, I don't think so, but, uh, but the body, you know, the physical human body as we know it, um, is, is not, uh, is not eternal. Pastor
1: Mike? Amen. And I, I believe that there will be things that will go on during the millennial reign of Christ. I think there'll be accidents as well and things we're yeah. still in this world. and that's something we have to realize. Though restored, rebuilt, uh, very much like the Garden of Eden, uh, is it possible for somebody to fall out of a tree? I imagine it is. Is it possible for different accidents? I imagine it is. Uh, people still will have a body that's under the curse during the millennia as well. Now, a lot of it will be reversed. Man will live long again. But the Bible tells us that a person that dies at 100 years old will be considered a child during that millennial reign of Christ. So understanding that, I believe that it will happen. It can happen. And um, we want to be very much aware that uh, the, the army that rallies against Jesus there at the very end when Satan is loosed, um, uh, with a word, there's the, he speaks and they're all destroyed. So, yes, there will be people that will die during the millennium, uh, and um, the Bible says they don't live again till the books are open, the great white throne judgment. Hope that helps. Uh, yes, it does. Sir. Well, good. Um, uh, Miko, stay on the line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. Merry Christmas to you, and we're going to go to Kevin in while. Aloha.
2: Aloha. Um, I just wanted to know God's perspective on marijuana because the way I preach it to my cousins and my friends, I tell them, hey, you know, God knows your heart. He He knows what you're up to before you're even up to it. But my question is, as I know there's children that have 50 to 60 seizures a day. They bite in their lip, biting their tongues off. They got to pull out their teeth and whatnot, and they give them marijuana. Um, what is it called now? Syrup syrup or, or wax or whatever. And it, it goes from two or three dozen seizures a day to like half a dozen. And some, the best case scenario is it completely de- de- depletes the seizures. And another angle that I look at it from, that's why I explain it and how I explain it is oh, I'm born with scoliosis or with some medical issue. And I can go to the doctor's office and get a, a a piece of paper that says it's legal for me to do it at home as long as I'm not out and about doing it or I'm high or whatever. Or in another case, oh, it's recreational. I <laughs> can go and grab it and take it home and smoke it. And, and I'm following man's law, as God says, as long as I follow man's law. But, uh, well, I'm going to tell you, you know, A human doesn't live more than 100 years old, would you rather live it right and then have eternal happiness, or would you rather have happiness in that short 100 years and then suffer for eternity? I try to explain it like that. I just need help on uh, guiding my friends and my family, because I was once a user, and let me tell you, I I live, breathe, and uh, with every drop of me, I believe that marijuana had an answer for everything but now that i came to christ i think about it differently and i um, i thought about it and i was like man it ain't worth it getting pulled over with my kids in the car and i'm smoking up a storm like Cheechin and chong and my kids get <laughs> taken away and whatnot you know what i mean and and now in hawaii they're good they, they're they looking to make it legal so it's like uh well i tell them it's like well even if it is legal and you can get it over the counter you still ain't supposed to be going down the beach, smoking a joint, go jump in a water, come out, smoke another joint, hit the bar, smoke a joint in the park. It, oh, yeah. it don't it, work it, like that. You.
1: Well, Ephesians chapter 5 says, Be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I believe it's not just wine, it's anything that alters you from being you. Now, why do people smoke? Let, let's look at this. Now, you address the first medical issues. I I don't want to discount the fact that it may have some great medical advantages. Certainly, we find a lot of man-made drugs that have uh, medical uh, advantages. But we also see the man-made drugs also being abused, uh, whether it's opioids or or fentanyl or all these different things that were really made for people who are dying of cancer, now being used to just cope with daily life. Yeah, it's wrong. But for those that need it, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with that. The Bible talks about the abuse of those things. And I think, really, Kevin, we have to go back to the reason why people do what they do. Uh, you know, uh, well, it's beer 30 or it's, uh, you know, let's uh, let's toke a, a joint, you know, or whatever it might be. The, the problem is the reason people do those things. Let, let's look at the reason why. Well, if I can get a buzz on, then I'll like me and my friends will like me. Um, what are you doing that you don't like you that you have to drink or get loaded to accept yourself? Could it be sin haunting your conscience? And if you got rid of the sin and you had a clean conscience, you would find yourself likable and you wouldn't have to be getting loaded, stoned, whatever it might be. So uh, I really believe that we have to be very careful with those things, uh, why we do what we do. And unfortunately, today, uh, it has been so accepted that, well, it's legal. Well, just because it's legal is not mean that it's good for you. There's a lot of things that are legal that the Bible says we shouldn't do. Um, and so I think we have to be very careful not to let society dictate our morale, but the word of God sets our morale and what we accept and what we don't accept. But I would go back to Ephesians chapter five and, and, uh, not to be altered. Uh, I think this is where, and I think we also have to ha- ask the question, why am I getting altered if I have a desire to do so? Am I trying to escape from a dirty conscience? A- am I trying to be liked? Uh, whatever it is. Well, maybe you need to change your friends if you've got to get stoned for them to like you. Maybe you need some, need a whole new look on life. Your thoughts, Greg. Kevin, I
0: love your heart, man. <laughs> I'm, Honestly. I'm, uh, I know, I know. I'm, uh, Kevin, I'm from that Chi Chong generation. You know, I'm an head from the seventies. So I, I unfortunately can speak from experience on this. Back in the seventies, just remember THC levels, THC levels were, were like one to three percent. Today, today, the synthetics marijuana that's being grown now, ninety percent, ninety percent THC and up to ninety-nine percent THC in edibles. That this is dangerous. This isn't just something, hey, I need something to, to, to get a buzz or so I can sleep. You know, marinol, that's just a man-made form of uh of uh of cannabis that they have these days. Um, there's there's like 60 pages of drug interactions with this stuff. And and my question, Michael, I don't know how many, I don't I don't know how many uh uh Dr. Feel Good pastors actually listen to uh to, to CSN, but I hope some are listening now. And here's here's the question that I always have for those doctors who who prescribe Prescribe these scripts when was the last time that you heard of a medical doctor writing a script for his patient to smoke cigarettes okay so you've never heard of one right uh and there's a reason you know there's a reason for that i heard one uh i was listening because it's 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 coming up again even here in the incredible state of uh of south dakota there are people that are trying to get it back on uh, they're trying to uh to have an initiated measure because it was turned down by our incredible governor and uh, uh they're trying to put forth an initiated measure to uh to get it on the ballot let the people decide right so so i heard one on a on a tele, on a radio program the other day heard a, one call in and uh this advocate said it's literally like trying to find a needle in a haystack to find a doctor to help you get a marijuana card. And so I'm thinking, well, what is, what is that telling you? Why do you think that is? Because almost all real doctors, they don't believe that marijuana is medicine. And in the big picture, marijuana isn't about medicine because there are other medicines out there for almost any ailment. I'm, I'm, I'm like Mike. There, there might be, uh, a person or two that the only thing they've tried everything else and the only thing that works for them is, uh, uh, cannabis. Well, then take cannabinol. It's a pill. Don't smoke pot because you're, you're ruining your lungs. But marijuana isn't medicine. It's about the money. Just if you do some research, uh, you'll find that the, the big money that's coming in for legalization of marijuana it's not coming from it's not coming from potheads, you know, that are sitting in mom's basement, you know, eating Doritos the whole time. It's coming. It's coming from big market, big pharma, big business. So it's all about the money to them. So I, I, I'm I with um, you know, I'm with Mike on this. Don't don't let anything put you under the influence. And uh, and like Mike said, you know, if a prayer Goes a long ways when you're getting right with the Lord and removing some of the stressors and some of the anxieties and some of the worry and fretting that uh, that happens in everybody's life.
1: Yeah, Mike, if you get weighted down, I just tell people go read Philippians, one of the best books in the Bible yeah, for encouragement. Right. Hope that helps you.
2: Okay, thank you so much, Ed. Well, am I explaining it right when I tell them? Hey, would you? Ra- how long does a human live? Hundred years, maybe. Now, nowadays, with all the soda and stuff we be putting in our bodies, would you rather live it up for a 100 years and then waste your eternity, or would you rather do it right? And you know what I mean? Even if you're suffering for a 100 years because you're in critical condition or whatever and you can't smoke marijuana and then live happy for eternity. Is that a good way of explaining I do,
1: it? and I think, Kevin, another way to say it is this. If you're not a Christian, you die in your sin, This is the closest to heaven. This world is the closest you'll ever get to heaven. And if you are a Christian and you love God and your sins are forgiven, this life is the closest to hell we'll ever get. So again, uh, heaven lasts forever. And uh, we're just a passing through. Yeah, Jesus said in this life we'll have persecution. But Jesus said we have overcome the world. But for the ungodly, enjoy it while you can because there's a fiery judgment on the horizon. Kevin, stay in line. Merry Christmas to you. Send you out some books, some DVDs. Uh, Mahalo, and uh, thanks so much, Greg, for being on. For Lynn, Brad, Roger, Aaron, call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. So until then, God bless you and good night.
5: To receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Everyman and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Everyman and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash tema. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.